Uh, welcome back to the United Podcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. Thank you, everyone, for um, being in the chat nice and early. Sorry we're running a few minutes late, but it's good to see everyone. I wouldn't say he's keen for this chat, but we are here, Larry. We're not going to hide away from it. So um, if you wanted to give us something something to smile about, please like the video. And if you're not subscribed, please do subscribe. It'll try and do your best to put a smile on my Mine and Larry's faces on this tough day. It is a tough Sunday, Larry. I know everyone's talking about in Sydney lockdown being over and freedom. I don't feel freedom after that performance. Um, we're going to get get into it and dissect it all. Um, there is a comment in the chat saying make sure we do keep things sensible in terms of your opinions and that. Okay, share your opinions, but let's try and keep it sensible and have an adult-like debate. But um, before we sort of throw everyone under the bus, Larry, um, I would ask how you are. I kind of alluded to it, but I'm guessing I know the answer. Um, well, first of all, Tom, I've slept like absolute dog shit today. I don't know about you, but that 1 a.m. watch is brutal on the body. And then the fact you lose, like when you win, you're buzzing. So you're all right. The adrenaline will get you through the day. But when it's a loss like that, particularly like that, just so lacking in every single aspect, emotionally, physically, tactically. Now, I've just been flat all day. Um, but look, on the bright side, look, you asked me to bring a positive. I got, I got something to brighten everyone's day. I got my little... Tom, this is how you know you're getting old. I bought a candle, and I don't know. I didn't light it for Ollie. This isn't meant to be me- a metaphor of any sort, but it smells like cream, uh, like ca- creamy caramel. Oh, man, it, it smells good, but it definitely it, it doesn't get rid of the smell that's going on at Old Trafford at the moment. Well, you could stick to buying candles. I'll stick to the trusted old beer. But um, you talk about a 1.30 game or a 1 o'clock game being tough. Um, think about next week. It'll be 2.30 a.m. on a Monday morning against Liverpool. So um, we have a lot to look forward to, but we will get to some comments. I know there will be a lot of comments flying in today, so apologies if we don't get to everyone, but we'll do our best to. Um, Josh here is saying, even all, even all would um, say another Sunday rule, but first weekend out of lockdown, so swings in roundabouts. Dion saying, absolutely disaster to start with, um, with the next set of games, not just with the loss, but a shambolic borderline comical performance. Plenty of blame for everyone involved. Yeah, I think we'll do touch on everyone. Larry, you just said Gary Neville was live on Instagram. Just seen this comment from Mike. So obviously we don't have those comments from Gary Neville in regards to his what he's live at the moment. Hopefully he tuned into us, not Gary Neville. But did you see Gary Neville's comments on Sky Football Post Leicester? He absolutely nails it. Yeah, I saw his post-match interview, and yeah, completely agree. We'll get into Gary Neville and because he's part of this story, don't you think, Larry? In terms of the way Ollie's portrayed in the media, Gary Neville's a huge part of that. Depending on what side you sit on but um trev saying evening lads what a game <laughs> look lester away is always goals and it always throws a bit of a talking point up and uh maybe more so today but uh, matt as well hope you're well mate and rob from it's a football thing the evening lads absolutely shattered after that the brightness on the wall now change is needed ollie has reached his ceiling in my opinion done a lot of good work and won't take us any further which yeah definitely we're going to get into and um mm. elliot saying nice afternoon for a post-mortem which we, we will dissect and i'll get to as many comments as possible but We'll get into the Solskjaer debate, Larry. Do you want to just start on the actual football match? Because there was a football match. Um, we started well. Mason Greenwood scored a decent little goal, which will be forgotten about. Like, it should be goal of the season. Now that it's in a disastrous loss, I don't even think it'll ca- sort of qualify for the top 10 goals of the season, um, sadly. But where do you want to start on the game before we will, before we do get into Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and his position as manager? It was entertaining. Uh, if you're looking at it from a neutral perspective, well, it was like, you know, if I'm, if I'm assessing the football match over a 90 minutes, it, it was an entertaining football game. Uh, but much of a sameness for United, unfortunately, Tom. And, and when I'm saying that, lack of cohesion, lack of a plan, really struggling to break people down. I thought actually pos- a one positive 
in the opening exchanges, while I felt United were opened and were at risk of conceding, I thought the progression from midfield to the attacking players was better uh, with Matic and Pogba in the midfield. Um, but look, we'll get into the setup um, as this video obviously goes along. But defensively, geez, they, they left little to be desired. Uh, and there was just, again, just a real lack of plan. And I think that's. You, you say that with Matic and Pogba, and I completely agree in terms of the way we we're able to get the ball from maybe not playing out of the back. But once we got the ball in the midfield, we we're able to get the ball out wide into. Greenwood or Sancho a little bit better with Matic and Pogba. And that's here we are sitting every week saying play Matic and Pogba over McTominay and Fred. However, you look at the Villarreal game with McTominay and Pogba and this game with Matic and Pogba, and while we hate McFred, you can understand every time we don't play with McTominay and Fred, we look like we're going to concede every time the other team has the ball. We just Teams just run through us. We had Matic and Pogba, yeah, it might be a little bit more advanced going forward. We maybe look a little bit better. But then defensively, it's an absolute shambles. And then you can understand, I don't agree with Solskjaer constantly picking McTominay and Fred, but from the managerial point of view, you can understand why he does that because every time they got the ball in midfield, now here we are sitting talking about the Leicester midfield, we want to buy their whole midfield for 100, 200 million. We want all those players in our team. So they're a good team. But Aston Villa tore through us, Everton tore through us, Villarreal tore through us. Every time we don't have McTominay and Fred, teams just walk through the midfield. So you can understand Solskjaer's reliance on those two. No, but but that tells you there's something systemically wrong with his setup. Like Bruno Fernandes, and of course, I'm a massive fan of the Portuguese, Tom, but he does not contribute defensively whatsoever. He's too busy trying to play second striker, and he offers nothing in, in defensively. So if you actually look at our defensive setup, it's a 4-4-2 off the ball. Why are we setting up in a 4-4-2, particularly when they've got, I think they had five at the back, Leicester? Of course they're going to tear through us. And then you've got the work rate of Pogba and Bruno in the middle of the pitch. You, of course you're going to get walked through. So either it's a systemic issue or you're not asking enough of your players. Now, I've seen like this cohort around. I saw Pogba's post-match interview. I don't know if you saw that, where he's talking about, you know, we concede stupid goals. It's been happening for a long time. Something needs to change. But you know what? There's a, It has to be a level of accountability on the players. I don't see Paul Pogba busting a lung to get back. I don't see him going up and down the pitch the way a central midfielder should. One one thing I want to make on Paul Pogba, which you bring him up there, and it's a bit of a segue. I just made a note, and I've, I've got notes here, but I think we're just going to bounce between topics off the comments and sort of things will pop up. But Paul Pogba, here we are having a discussion five years later, what's his best position? And, okay, can he play with Bruno Fernandes? One week he can, one week he can't. This week we sit on the side that he can't because it's too attacking in terms of the way Bruno plays. And at the moment, Bruno's ahead of him because he contributes goals. Um so at the moment we're saying Pogba and Bruno can't play together. With Paul Pogba, is it just a case of, I don't want to use this name in a disrespectful way. He is so good. I, I could make a case that he's the best central midfielder in world football. I could easily make that case. His consistency obviously lets him down. I want to throw a name out there. Is he just Nani? He is what he is. He's he's fantastic, but he's going to be woeful at times as well. He's going to go through games where he doesn't contribute. Nani on his day was the best winger in world football. On other days, for the other six months of the season, he was frustrating. You think, well, why can't he go on to that next level? What does he need? Does he need a different left back? Does he need another striker ahead of him? What do we need to get the best out of Nani? We're having that same discussion with Paul Pogba. I just think we're just falling victim to the hype and not hyped in a, that's not Paul Pogba's fault. That's just the way the the media has treated him since he was a kid at Man United. Maybe he just is what he is. Maybe he isn't going to be that world's best midfielder. Maybe he is just going to be a very good midfielder who's frustrating. When we did our match preview... We both made a key point of highlighting Leicester's midfield, and I think most would agree the likes of Ndidi and Tielmans would walk into this Manchester United team. If you look at the performance Tielman puts in last night, now technically I don't think he's as good as Paul Pogba, 
But if you're asking me, would you take Paul Pogba or Yuri Tillmans into United's midfield? I'm taking the Belgian because I think United are a much more balanced football side with him in, in the middle of the pitch. And that's the issue. Yeah, not look hard to argue. And or some could make the case that Donny van der Beek is a very similar player to Yuri Tillemans, but um, he's obviously not getting his um, chance. We'll just go into um, a few comments. Again, apologies for not getting to all of them, but they are flying in today. But we'll move on to Harry Maguire in a little bit in his team selection in regards to his injury and Eric Bay and everything. But just a few comments to Football Capital. Please go subscribe to them as well. The player um, showed no fight, too many errors week in, week out, and then players won 300 to 500 grand a week for what exactly? And yeah. I completely agree, especially when you see a performance like that. Alex saying Pog was fault for the first goal, put everyone under pressure when Leicester were, were pressing, which we'll get into that first goal in terms of who was at fault. It was a bit of a comedy of errors for me, but um, I think that's maybe a bigger issue into regards to Harry Maguire's selection. But Josh saying it's not as if we got beaten by an informed Leicester. They were missing players on a poor run and were exposed by criminal decisions on and off the field. And that's what I was saying before the game. I remember saying I was quietly confident, and that's me trying to put on a brave face. I think all of us deep down knew there was a very real possibility we're going to lose this match. I think going into the Atalanta game, I think we know we're very likely going to lose away in Italy. The writing's on the wall next week with Mo Salah and Liverpool. You look at Jose Mourinho's last game. That was against Liverpool. Salah scored. Solskjaer's got Liverpool up next. You can almost see United getting a Tonkin and what that does for his position. But just one or two more saying, George saying the performance we had proved there is bigger issues going on, which we'll definitely dissect. And Ryan saying he's for friends at every game. I don't buy that one bit. Look, he's one that one week I love him, one week I hate him. He's a weird one, Paul Pogba. And um, Dion as well saying we can see one from our own free kick, which we seem to do. Whenever we get a corner, the other team looks more dangerous than we do. Uh, they look more likely that they're going to score at the under, other end of the pitch. Tom, on Paul Pogba, uh, before we transition to all the other problems that United seem to have, his contract's obviously up. Where, where do you sit on this one? If you believe reports, United are offering in the region of 400k a week. Is that something that you think Manchester United here hierarchy should be looking at? Or would you be looking for a more balanced midfield and trying to bring in a player like a Yuri Tillmans to, I guess, balance things in terms of how we attack and defend? Today, I'll get rid of him and I'll go get a more balanced midfielder. We go win 2-0 against Liverpool next week and Paul Pogba pulls the strings and runs the show. I'm saying not paying what he wants. He's the best midfielder in the world. Again, Paul Pogba, I just changed my opinion. I'm a hypocrite every single week. I change my opinion. When does Paul Pogba pull the strings against Liverpool? When does he? Outside of that Manchester City game a few seasons ago under Jose where he scored a double, where has he stood up in a massive game and and been counted? The Europa League final, his first season comes to mind, that Manchester City match, and a purple patch when Oli first came in. Outside of that, it's been patches rather than any level of consistency. Well, there, there is that case. If we're having the discussion, which we still we are having this discussion five years later, maybe the writing is on the wall. Maybe we do have our answer. And I don't use that word in terms of comparing him to Nani, sort of in a disrespectful way. But maybe he is just what he is. Maybe he isn't doesn't have the capability to be that consistent. I know people talk about France. Was he played three times for France a year or something? Four times for France a year? Like that hardly ever happens. You have to judge a player on their club form. And his club form over five, six years has been inconsistent. So maybe he's going to be an inconsistent player. But before we get into Solskjaer and everything surrounding Solskjaer, I just want your opinion because we were discussing a little bit before match when the team news was announced. Um, you weren't happy with Harry Maguire's selection. Now, before I get your opinion, I look at it. It's very easy in hindsight to see his performance after we see. I look at before the game, we'll say maybe it would suit Eric Bay. And I say that again, like I was confident United were going to win deep down. I knew there was a very like very likely that we were going to lose. With Eric Bay, I said, yeah, I can see him having a good performance. 
I think deep down, if Eric, Bay, if Eric Bay plays that game, do we win? In my opinion, no. In my opinion, we could have lost worse in terms of he might have got sent off or he's definitely going to make mistakes. I think Eric Bay is fourth choice. You made the point where Harry Maguire hasn't been training. Eric Bay is keeping himself fit. He should be well, he, he should be the one playing. It's, it's poor management by Solskjaer in terms of man management, not sort of giving your player minutes when someone isn't fully fit. But I then sort of, which I agree, but then I look at it and say, well, Eric Bay is fourth choice centre back. And rightly so, maybe fifth choice, in my opinion, behind two and Zabi if he was at the club. So he has to know his role as fourth choice centre back. Just your thoughts? No, I, I don't agree with that. Like, yes, I understand his fourth choice, and, and that's fair enough. But this isn't Harry Maguire of last season, peak performances, captain, leader, must start every week. He's being treated like he's the captain. He's he's being given the status and the, and the treatment of of someone who's a, a highly consistent performer, someone who comes in and improves the side. I don't see that Harry Maguire, Tom. And the reason I'm critical of the selection is, one, Oli himself said he's been back for one training session. Yet Oli said when he tried to defend his Ronaldo selection for Everton, I need to rotate the squad. I need to have everyone firing by May because last season everyone was burnt out. But then he springs in Harry Maguire after right one training session and Eric Bailly hasn't, if Eric Bailly's had any minutes in the Premier League, it's less than 10 minutes. So he's a hypocrite. Like, which is it, Ollie? Give your players an opportunity to play. Maguire's been awful. And that's the other part. His start to the season has been atrocious. And that performance yesterday is not fit of a captain. And the fact that we've had a debate on here more than once, whether he's the captain or not, and we've sort of accepted by default, yeah, maybe it's the right choice. He's not proving his status at the moment, Harry Maguire. And again, if these reports about him getting a new contract are true, they should really be considering that. Well, look, it's it's hard to argue with those points. What do you think of the goal? Because the goal, Harry Maguire cops all the blame, and I think rightly so in terms of you look at what happened. Harry Maguire is at fault for that first one. I almost forgot that there was three other goals, but I'm, in my mind, I'm just thinking about what happened with that first one for Tillemans. For me, everyone was at fault. Paul Pogba shouldn't go and take that free kick off Harry Maguire because the moment Paul Pogba played, Harry Maguire can play that pass to Lindelof. Paul Pogba going in there, that just limits Lindelof's options when Lindelof gets the ball. Paul Pogba should go into midfield, so when that ball goes to Lindelof, Lindelof has an option forward. But Paul Pogba plays that ball to Lindelof. Now Lindelof has no option, has to go back into that space, into De Gea. It's a shocking ball by De Gea out, but the reason Maguire's at fault, not De Gea, is Maguire needs to deal with that mistake. He had time to realise, okay, that's not a great ball by David De Gea. I'll go deal with that. And he didn't deal with it, and rightly so. So that's the one in terms of Lindelof has done well. Okay, we can see four goals. Lindelof sort of stepped up to the challenge of Rafael Varane signing or arriving at the club. Harry Maguire hasn't, I wouldn't say it's not stepped up to a challenge. It was a different challenge for him, but he hasn't, um, he hasn't dealt with the arrival. It's, no, I, I just don't know. We've made the decision and sort of come to an agreement that, yes, he's the right person for captain at the moment in terms of, okay, you're not going to give it to Ronaldo, you're not going to give it to Bruno Fernandes, De Gea, et cetera. So, yeah, we don't have that standout candidate for captain. But when someone is your club captain, it's a very hard situation. I completely agree with you saying, okay, squad management should be better. If he's not fully fit, okay, play someone else. But it's a very difficult decision as ca- to leave your captain out, especially when we're in horrible form the way we are. Could you imagine we go into that and Eric Bailly plays? Same performance, because the performance very much would have been the same with Eric Bailly, in my opinion. And we can we concede four goals. Why aren't we playing our captain? If he's, if he's fit enough for the bench, he's fit enough to start. Yeah, but here's the issue with Harry Maguire. United are in a rut at the moment. Solskjaer needs his best, most reliable performers on the pitch and representing what he wants them to do, implementing his game plan. 
That's the issue, Tom. And the error has nothing to do with match fitness. He would have made that error whether he was 100% fit, had one training session or 10 training sessions leading up to that football match. That's just a lack of awareness, a lack of concentration. The ball's coming to him. It's very clear it's under it's 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 undercooked. It wasn't going to make it there. And he's just too slow to realize that. That's nothing to do with the training pitch. That's awareness. And I would expect better out of my captain when we're in a rut at the moment. This is Solskjaer's strongest side, and he's getting the worst turn of results he's had since well, since uh, his start with United, when it started to drop off after the really positive start. So th- that's my issue with Harry Maguire. I would be expecting better of a captain. I, I never recall seeing an opportunity to say about Roy Keane, Nemanja Mad- N- um, um, Vidic, sorry, Rio Ferdinand. They maintained a level of performance because they were United captains and they earned that armband. Harry Maguire doesn't maintain that level. When he's good, he's really good. But when he's bad... He's awful. And there is no argument for me now that when Rafael Varane is fit, it should be Lindelof and it should be Rafael Varane. And if Solskjaer has any balls about him, that's exactly what should be starting defensive lineup. Well, we'll get into that in terms of what if Solskjaer is able to make that decision when Rafael Varane gets back because his job security is obviously on sort of thin ice. But we'll go into some comments before we actually, I forgot, we do have to do three, two, ones, Larry. So get, get your thinking cap on. Um, and your shovel to scrape at the bottom of the barrel. But Ahmad saying it was wrong to give Harry from day one, which, look, I was a, not a fan of giving him the captain's armband, but I accepted it and think out of all the candidates, I was sort of happy enough with it. But then, yeah, you do look at our standards in terms of what they have been in the past. Yeah, he's not a Vidic, he's not a Ferdinand, he's not a Gary Neville or Roy Keane. Adam saying, why did Lindelof not play one Bissaka with Harry again? Yeah, look, in, in my opinion, that goal, that first goal was a comedy of errors. Harry Maguire's at fault at the end and should do better. But it stemmed from Paul Pogba's free kick, Lindelof, De Gea's pass, one Vasaka not creating an option, comedy of errors, and especially playing out from the back. I'll just send another comment here saying, yeah, from Golsi, saying the playing out from the back gives me a heart attack every week. It's just a disaster waiting to happen, which I agree. At that end of the pitch, playing out from the back, but then also when the opposition is playing out from the back and our pressing. Though there was a time for me where I saw Ronaldo, and this is not a criticism of Ronaldo, he doesn't press. That's fine. We can still be a great team without pressing. You don't have to press to be a great team. But Ronaldo's not pressing. No, Bruno's not pressing. Juan Bissaka's not pressing. Mason Greenwood did a five-yard half-ass jog to go and press their left back. Left back played it round, and Greenwood was completely out of the game. I just think it's an absolute nightmare. And look, I put that down to individuals. I can't see an individual getting like, an instruction from the manager and think, no, I'm going to do this differently. You do need to sort of remember sort of Players do need to take responsibility, but in terms of the consistently sort of poor pressing, it's poor form from everyone, the manager and the players. But we will get into three, two, ones. I don't know what you brought up there, um, Larry. I'm trying to change the three, two, ones. Where are we? There we are, three, two, ones. Where do we start? In my opinion, okay, we can see the four goals. David Ayer, three points. Crazy, but it's true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's not crazy. I, I thought if David De Gea wasn't in net, it could have easily been six, seven. They had really good, clear opportunities where they should have done better. Um, and I think uh, Yuri Tillman's on another day has a double. And uh, Ricardo, uh, he had a really good opportunity to bury it, but he he, he skies it. Yeah, De Gea was unreal. Um, we've got the old David De Gea back. But it's so frustrating that we can't seem to get that, that consistency between De Gea being on form and United getting a positive run of results. He needs to be under pressure to perform well, it seems, David De Gea. It's such a shame. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll get your comments in. Again, try your hardest to find three, two, ones in terms of points for this game. But in terms of for two points, I don't want to spend too long on the point on everyone, but get your comments in. But two points, the goal, Mason Greenwood. 
I actually wasn't going to give Mason any points because outside of the goal, I thought his overall performance was poor. Um, like you said, defensively, I didn't think he was good. Um, he had his opportunities to score. He just he got a bit selfish in that second half, particularly had a few shots that went wide. The goal was magnificent, but I can't like for me, I can't give uh, Mason Greenwood points. He needs to be putting he needs to be putting more together over the ninety minutes. You're saying, well, the, the names that pop up for me, okay, De Gea is in his own category, but then I've, Mate, in terms of... I thought Maric was really good. I, I, I thought, thought Maric performance, performance-wise would be up there. But then I do look, and I, I agree in regards to Greenwood's performance. It's an unbelievable goal. Now, ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. We're going to talk about Rashford. Does Rashford coming off the bench and best not not that he was bad, but best of a worse bunch in regards to on the day. That's why I'd be leaning towards maybe a Greenwood or Rashford for one point. But you, you may be right over the, consist, over the course of the performance. Maybe Nemanja Matic for two points. I'm thinking Matic, and I was going to say one point for Rashford. Um, I thought when he came on, he, he gave you what you expect out of an impact sub. He comes on, he scores a, a really good goal, and he looked dangerous. Um, he had his bad first touch, uh, the first opportunity with the good ball from Bruno. But outside of that, I thought Rashford was really positive. And you can tell he looks fit again, Marcus. Um, I'm excited yeah. for Rashford, Tom, and it's a shame that it's been overshadowed by the result. But I think he'll have a, a really positive season. Yeah, no, we'll just throw in some comments before we get into Solskjaer, but Rob saying to hey, a man of the match by a mile. And I looked at the sort of rankings we have in terms of keeping score of the three two ones. He's running away with this. Um, I think if you're a betting man, David De Gea is going to win our player of the season quite comfortably at the moment. He is streets ahead of everyone. Ahmad saying to hey, a manage Lindelof. Yeah, look, I thought Lindelof was Lindelof not was great, good. but especially compared to the rest in the back four. And we haven't even touched on Luke Shaw today. And I'm not going to because I don't want to get too upset, but Luke Shaw, my God. <laughs> Woeful yet again. I think Alex Tellers needs to play in the Champions League this week. I think Luke Shaw, we talk about Harry Maguire not deserving to play. Luke Shaw simply doesn't deserve to play. And Alex Tellers has a goal this season. I think Tellers is time for him to get a run. But then we're saying that about Donny van der Beek two years later after playing Fred. He's not playing. So Trev saying De Gea, um, three points. Matic, yeah, and a combination of Greenwood and Rashford. Ryan um, saying, I can't give um, anyone points for this one, which we completely agree, but we do try our best. Um, George saying, yeah, Lindelof for two points, De Gea for three, and Rashford for one. Where's Phillips? Hope you're well. Where's uh, three for De Gea, two for Matic, and one for Greenwood? I think for the goal as well. And um, Adam here saying, Larry, you're outstanding tonight. Not often Adam and Larry agree, but um, yeah, good to see tough times bring them both together. But we will move on towards Solskjaer. Well, where do you want to touch on in regards to Solskjaer? Because there was a group chat after the game. And you, you were messaging someone. It was a different topic. You were messaging about a performance. It might have been Maguire or something. I was just watching the chats. I wasn't getting involved. I was just staring at the phone, waiting to fall asleep. I could tell, that, not by what you were saying, but I could just tell you didn't message me personally, but I could tell the next time we were going to message, message each other, we are both going to say, just almost just not in agreement saying, okay, he has to go. Okay, the, the, the tide has turned. It's come to decision now. We want him to succeed. We hope he does well. We hope Man United beat Atalanta. We hope we beat Liverpool. The best decision out is to sack him, sadly. But um, I assume that is what you think. We haven't really spoken about it, but I assume that's where you're at because it's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'll, I'll never come on here. I'll never say Oli out. I'll never say if the Glazers were serious, that they should be sacking the manager. You always get behind the manager. And you never wish for your team to lose, first and foremost. Like you said, if United turn around and smack Atalanta 5-0 and then we go, in to, go to Liverpool, win 3-0, I'll be the first one cheering on Solskjaer. But it just seems, Tom, that the players, he hasn't lost the dressing room. I hate using that term. But I think that there is a lack of understanding and there's a lack of cohesion on the pitch for what 
Solskjaer is clearly ch telling them to do. And there seems to be a systemic issue. And I, I don't know how to fix that because you look at Jay, I look at Jadon Sancho, who is a brilliant player. He's really struggling to fit in at the moment. I've seen Ronaldo come in and he seems to have broken the way United play. We've forgotten how to play football since Cristiano Ronaldo has come into the side. He scores a double against Newcastle. Great. And then against Everton, I actually thought it was our best foot part, best uh, play since Ronaldo's joined. He comes on and then United look awful again. He comes back in and then we continue to look poor. Does that mean Cristiano Ronaldo is a bad player? Of course it doesn't. But it means that Solskjaer is really struggling to get the best out of the tools that he's got. And I think an elite manager figures out how to do that. So I'm thinking maybe he was the manager to get us to stabilize things. And he's done that. But I think he's he's just showing now, unfortunately, I think he's taken us as far as he can. And I think it's time to give it over to someone else. Just on that last point in terms of as far as we can, which we've had this debate in the past in terms of what's his ceiling, what's his, what's his job title, title thing, what's his ambition, what's the next manager's ambition, et cetera, which I'll get into sort of club ambition in a sec. But where, where I think it's happening, I think it's happening very quickly, which is why I think it's such an emotional sort of topic. It's obviously always going to be an emotional topic. But why I think in regards to he's taken this club as far as he can, there's been constant progression under Solskjaer. Whether it's been quick enough for some people or not quick enough, that's another debate. But there's been progression. Compared to where we were under Jose Mourinho, think about it last time when Jose Mourinho had that game against Liverpool. That was toxic. It wasn't as bad as it is now. Okay, That, that was a horrible place for the players, for the fans, everyone. Our name was dragged through the absolute mud. It's not that bad. I know it does feel bad, but we're coming into that three years on or four years on, whatever it is, with Man United up against Liverpool next. But there's been constant progression since Solskjaer came in. Whether people have been happy with it or not, we have. you can't hide from the fact we're getting better on and off the pitch. What happened, though, when we signed Rafael Varane, Jadon Sancho and Cristiano Ronaldo? The progression was going like this for manager and players, but suddenly the team's expectation went through the roof overnight with Ronaldo's. Suddenly we were, okay, top four, not good enough in terms of fans, but in terms of our squad. Last year we were saying we are woeful. We were saying we shouldn't be making the top four. We're not in a title race. We're woeful was bottling the Europa League final. We weren't talking about Premier League titles. Suddenly, Ronaldo walks through the door and the expectation is suddenly to go undefeated, not undefeated, but to win the Premier League and win the Champions League. That wasn't the ex expectation last year. So Solskjaer has been sort of managing along progression, progression, progression. All of a sudden, the expectation is now win the league, win the Champions League. And while we've both been sitting here saying we're both Ollie in, and I hate the Ollie in, Ollie out camp, but we're both sort of back Solskjaer from the moment he got the contract against PSG, back when Rashford scored the penalty in Paris, we said, okay, this is good. He's the right man for the job. Ultimately, though, we don't think he's good enough. We don't think he's the man to win us a Premier League title. In those three seasons, those first three seasons, we weren't in a position to win a Premier League title. I know people say that's the ambition, that's the title, but how long has Man United been in existence? So, I don't know, 1878, what's that? 130, 140 years sort of thing? We've won 20 league titles. We've won three European Cups. What is it? 12 FA Cups, five League Cups. Nine times out of ten, we don't win a trophy. Usually, we don't win a trophy. Okay, everyone's saying, "Oh, you have to win a trophy every season." Well, facts are facts. Nine times out of ten, we don't win anything. Okay, the ambition should always be to go win a trophy, but the job Solskjaer had when he took over wasn't to go win the Premier League. There was far bigger issues. But ultimately, with the backing he has got in terms of Varane, Sancho, Ronaldo, that expectation now is about a trophy. And what, what we said, while we're a huge fan of Solskjaer, what we said back in Paris when he signed his permanent deal. He's not the manager to win us a Premier League title. So now we've come full circle in terms of now the expectation player and squad-wise is trophies. He's not the manager for it. And that's the thing. 
Solskjaer's almost critical. He's being punished for his own success. But that's the correct way it should be. You, you're not expected to come in. You know, this isn't Burnley. Your, your expectation isn't to stay in the Premier League every season. It's to have a gradual progression of improvement uh, and then to ultimately achieve the final end goal, which is winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League. And United haven't been there for such a long time. And I think with Solskjaer, and this is almost what he does to his own detriment, he always compares that when he's questioned on a decision, we saw it this week in the in the pre-match presser, he was questioned on his rotation um, around Cristiano Ronaldo again. And he again compares to what Sir Alex did, talking about times where, you know, I'd be the first to be unhappy, but the gaffer knows to rotate players. Don't compare yourself to Sir Alex. Be your own man. And I think there's this element of him, and I know he's – you know, Solskjaer's his own man. I think he is confident in himself. And credit to him, he's obviously defensive of his decision to bench Ronaldo for the Everton match, and he's sticking by that. And for that, I do give him credit. But ultimately, he needs to stop comparing himself to Sir Alex. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's it. He doesn't need to think of yesteryear and United DNA, and he keeps using these terms. He needs to throw all of that out the window. He just needs to focus on... He's mentioned earlier this week, Rashford needs to focus on football. Solskjaer needs to focus on the football. Solskjaer needs to focus on what's the best thing that I can do for this football side. And I think with with him, unfortunately, the Norwegian will always have Sir Alex in the back of his mind. I think there is that element of him that thinks, what would Sir Alex do? And because of that, because he hasn't, I guess, achieved his own success at an elite level, I know he's one with Mulder, but Mulder isn't Borussia Dortmund. Mulder isn't Barcelona. The reality is he's he's just not at the level of Klopp. He's not at the level of Guardiola. He's not at the level of... Uh, too true. It's yeah. I, I sadly, I think this is as far as he can go. In saying that, Tom, if he left tomorrow, you have to stand there and applaud him because what? Well, I, th- I think that's the thing which I was, was going to sort of refer to in my next point is okay. We're both sitting here, and yeah, he's taken United as far as he can, and he needs to be sacked. Or that sounds harsh, but he needs to go. We need a new manager in place. That doesn't say that doesn't change the fact Solskjaer's done an amazing job. And if you can't, Absolutely. if so, someone can't accept that he's done a fantastic job, well, Man United and football's not for you. He has done amazing. As we've just said, oh, amazing! He, he's done very well, and considering considering where we were, I think people remember how bad this is. Think about when we lost to Liverpool. I think it was two 0 under Jose Mourinho, where he left Paul Pogba on the bench at Anfield and got sacked. That was toxic. That was as low as it sort of got, and he had to sort of bring us back from there. We weren't talking about titles there. We were talking about hoping to finish in the top six. Suddenly, we're talking about Champions League. Suddenly, we're talking about Premier League titles. Well, we'll get into sort of the second part of the Solskjaer debate before we wrap up in regards to, well, sacking the managers half the debate. You need a new manager. Who is that? So we'll get into that. But just a few um, comments before we move on. Saying, it's, um, Josh here, there's always a way to vocalise your opinions, but the abuse he gets as an ex-player can be criminal at times. Tight as turn for me, and I don't believe we'll get a trophy on Oli, which is completely my opinion. I hate this Oli out, Oli, and it's Man United for me. You can have your opinion on the manager, which is completely valid, which sort of we've always deep down agreed with. But showing your support and respect for a manager, you can still do that and criticise. I think the abuse has been shocking. But um, Adam saying, I totally agree on Ronaldo. To me, he looks like a spoiled brat. Look, to be honest, in his prime, Ronaldo looks like that. That's that's Ronaldo. That, that's, we love Ronaldo. He was a spoiled brat in 2004, 2005. He's the same now. That's who he is. Um, when, we, when he wins and scores goals, uh, we celebrate the fact. When we lose, um, it's frustrating to watch, but that's what makes Ronaldo who he is. Um, I don't think we're... Can change Ronaldo, but the expectation from Rob saying this year was to be competitive, which we're not. And that's a sad thing. I think you look at the league table and it's not as horrible as it could be, but then you do look at our upcoming fixtures and we could be in Arsenal territory within two or three weeks. And we've got Arsenal to play in a few weeks. So 
talk about a mid-table battle that could be. Ahmad saying Ronaldo's arrival has turned um, Bruno into a sport brat. I, I think it's hard. I think we, we weren't complaining when Ronaldo and Bruno were scoring goals against Newcastle sort of thing. We'll, we'll definitely complain about it when they lose. Um, it's an interesting one, but just one more here before we move on. Wes um, saying he's not at the level of Thomas Frank. I love Ollie. He's done well rebuilding, but Brentford play better football. Play better football without the pressure of playing at Manchester United. It's very easy to I'm not to say it's very easy to play good football down the bottom of the table, but when you don't have expectations, you can sort of let the shackles go a little bit. When your job's on the line at the biggest club in the world, you are naturally going to be a little bit more cautious. Look at Stralix Ferguson the last god since Ronaldo left. Stralix Ferguson packed the midfield with five and one up front for for three or four years. Um, you are very cautious as Manchester United manager. There's this myth that you just go and play balls to the wall attacking football. That doesn't happen. You do need to do an element of caution. But we will go into the second half of the debate, uh, Larry, in regards to Solskjaer. Okay, we agree. Move him on. Available manager, Steve Bruce. Well, suddenly, no, you're keeping Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> well, no, no, that, that, that is the debate. That, that is the debate because who are the available managers? Antonio Conte. We sit here, we don't want that. We, we can understand positives to it. I can point out a lot, of, a lot of negatives to it. Pochettino, the moment Pochettino walks through the door at Man United, we'll be saying, why are we getting a manager who bottled the league with PSG? Why are we getting someone who was sacked by Tottenham? Zinedine Zidane is the other one. It's an interesting one. Look, I like Zidane just for the fact that I think he's probably one of the greatest players of all time. One of my favourite midfielders is even above Paul Scholes for me in terms of ability. Zidane is one for me, and obviously he's got the relationship with Ronaldo and Rafael Varane, which is a part of which is a sort of big tick in his box. Can't speak English. That counts against. Can any of our teams speak English? God, I've heard some of our players do interviews. I'm not sure English is their first language. Some of the English players I'm talking about. But we'll move on to it. In terms of how do you how do you see it in regards to okay tomorrow, which won't happen, which is another discussion. The Glazers won't sack Solskjaer at the moment. Um, Whether you're right or wrong, we're saying that's the wrong decision, but they won't do it at the moment. So at the moment, that's a wrong decision, but. Where do you sit, sit on it? Tomorrow he leaves, what happens? Because we can't be in a position where we go and get an ex-player. We can't go and get Solskjaer 2.0. We can't put Michael Carrick in or Roy Keane in sort of thing. We need a new full-time manager. What would you do if you're um, the boss? If I needed a caretaker, I'd look for someone who is experienced and someone who has won trophies. But that would, again, be a caretaker, someone who's just going to come in and steady the ship because I think that's what United need at the moment. Um if there was someone who is available, I don't know if he is available. I don't know if he's managing overseas or in, uh, like in one of the Arab countries. If Lauren Blanc was free, if if you're looking just to get someone in on a caretaker basis, I would support that. In terms of United's long term replacement, look, I think th- there is a list of managers. Uh, th- th- there's obviously Eric Ten Hag stands out, um, and the reason he stands out for me, I think Ajax represent a lot of what Manchester United like. They they are a, a lot about um, they are successful they, they are successful in the Dutch league and I think the Dutch league is a level above um, obviously what Solskjaer achieved um, I also think there is an emphasis on youth development so I think getting someone in who does understand what Manchester United about is really important um, but look there's no perfect answer Tom uh, long long answer short there's no perfect answer um, I, I think Zidane could work but Zidane himself will tell you he's not a tactician so. Are we going to have the same criticisms that we're having of Solskjaer here? He lacks tactics. The the coaching staff isn't good enough. There's no perfect answer. Look, I, I, I quite like Laurent Blanc or whether he's the right manager, but a lot, a lot of people were sort of so happy with you in the comments today, agreeing with everything you're saying. But now the, the tide has turned on Larry saying, geez, Laurent Blanc, 
and Josh saying you were doing so well, Larry. Oh, I'm mixed on Blanc. Um, Caretaker basis. I'm not saying he's the permanent solution, but if you're talking about right now, it's not working. We need someone to come in right now and stay to the ship. Well, you're not going to drag Brendan Rodgers mid-contract, are you? So who's going to come in right now and, and steady things? But with but with this board, okay, you bring in a caretaker and we get Solskjaer 2.0. He gets us out of this Champions League group. We go on to have an FA Cup run. We get back into a title challenge. Suddenly, okay, let's give him the job. He brought us back on. Do you trust the board to deal with the caretaker situation in the right way? Look, we don't know that, but there's not there's not going to be a perfect solution. You're either going to go back to a Jose Mourinho, Louis van Gaal mold, which has been tried and failed, or you're going to go back down the Solskjaer mold where you could go, you know what, you could appoint Wayne Rooney tomorrow. Wayne Rooney's a legend. Well, He's been coaching that's... at Derby. What's Wayne Rooney going to do? But but what risk could you? How do you balance the risk in terms of look? We're both sitting here agreeing. Okay, Solskjaer needs to go. I completely agree with that. However, what is the risk? Let, let's throw Antonio Conte there. Okay, everyone's saying no. Conte will win trophies. Will he? We hope he would. He might. There's no guarantee of it. So what risk of, of Conte coming in and not winning a trophy and selling Mason Greenwood to Brentford, loaning out Marcus Rashford, etc.? What risk would you take? Because there's no guarantee that Antonio Conte is going to come in and win trophies. It's an argument saying, oh, Conte would come in and fix things and win. It might be short-term. Well, no, there's no guarantee. Because if you look at the league, Conte comes in fantastic. Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel are still in there. Only one of them can win the league. Three managers are going to fail. Antonio Conte might be one of those managers. And suddenly if he fails, United will fail miserably. It's one where they really need to think it out. And that's the issue. The fact that we're even debating this tells you there isn't a guaranteed solution for this. You haven't got your you haven't got your golden ticket out. So th- that's the thing. Don't sack him if you don't have a ready-made replacement. That's first and foremost. Th- the second thing is they need to take their time here. They need an interview. They should be speaking to many candidates and they should have a short list. Top five managers of who they want to be coaching Manchester United. Because if they don't have that, then they're not running they're, they're not running the football club like they should do. Well, a mad saying here, there's a bloke from the pub in Yaguna, they called Tugger, he's free from Monday to Sunday. I just When I read that, I just had the image of Red Dragon. Um, anyone who watched the footy show would remember, remember Red Dragon, but I don't want Conte's <laughs> short-term toxic manager. would break exactly. up everything <laughs> Ollie has built. But um, uh, just one or two more here, Conte's Jose 2.0, long ter- no long-term plan. And Rob saying, nothing's for sure, but there are more high-quality experienced managers than Ollie. Um, that you can take a risk on, which, look, we're in a position now, yes, we do need to take a risk. And, look, I absolutely love Zinedine Zidane. As a manager, I didn't watch Real Madrid week in, week out in the Spanish League. Obviously saw them in the Champions League, which are fantastic. And I don't want to sort of – I'll kind of throw this into the mould, which has been thrown at Solskjaer in recent weeks in regards to individuals and moments. From what I watched, again, not consistently of Zinedine Zidane and Real Madrid, but from what I did see of them, you do have to look at the individuals and appreciate. Well, they had Ronaldo, they had Sergio Ramos, they had Tony Cruz and Luka Modric. They had a very good, in, very good sort of players. Gareth Bale putting bicycle kicks in in the Champions League final type thing. They had very good individuals, very good moments, which is a stick used to beat Solskjaer with. But praise with Zinedine Zidane. Now, obviously, Zinedine Zidane is a good manager, but the reason I would maybe lean towards him, and I'm not a huge fan of bringing Zidane in at the moment, but while out of the current managers available, he would be top, maybe top on my list is I do look at that Real Madrid team and how many good individuals they did have. I do look at the United team now, and there is no plan. There's not a Conte team. There's not a Pochettino team. It's so imbalanced. I look at the left-hand side. We've got Tellez and Luke Shaw, fantastic going forward, can't defend. We've got on the right-hand side a fantastic defender. He can't go forward. We've got fantastic left-wingers, no one on the right. 
We've got fantastic attacking midfielders, no defensive midfielders. There is absolutely no balance. I think it is a team made up of so many different types of individuals. Maybe that does suit Zidane in terms of what we need now. We're looking, okay, what's our long-term plan? That is one thing. But yeah, as I've said, we're slipping down the table. We're slipping into bloody Arsenal territory at the moment. We need something for now. And with Ronaldo at the end of his career, maybe Zinedine Zidane would be maybe top of my list. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's a good shout. Uh, and I also think it's important to th- recognize the French contingent that we do have in our football team. You know, you're talking about, and the other thing is, uh, our best players are our midfielders. When you're talking about Bruno, Pogba, you've still got Martial there, uh, who wasn't in the matchday squad. Um, and I think what what United need now, particularly with the ego point, and that was a really good point that you did make, what Zidane now has behind him is he does have success as a manager. I think Solskjaer demands success because of what he did as a player, but managerially it's just not there yet. I, I can't see the likes of Ronaldo sitting there and listening to Solskjaer. You just you can't picture it when you're sitting there and think, I think he'll do it like face to, to his face. But you can see that element of an ego thinking, well, what's he know? And then when the results start, don't start going the way you want, I think it, that can turn quite quickly. What, I think what, pre- what pressure do you think? Them. What pressure do you think of Ronaldo, but also Pogba? I've heard Pogba's comments, which you mentioned. What influence do you think they have? Because we did look at player power and the issue, the sort of influence of maybe the club during Jose Mourinho's time choosing Paul Pogba over Jose Mourinho, whether it was right or wrong, that was up for debate. Is that situation something that's happening now where they're going to maybe Woodward's going to have a phone call to Ronaldo? Hey, Cristiano, what do you think's happening? What, what should we do? Or Paul Pogba, Mino Raioli, do you want a new contract if Zinedine Zidane comes in? How do you think sort of the player power versus manager sort of unfolds or, or what is happening at the moment? <clears throat> players do have a lot of power. What I think is interesting, and I looked at Pogba's comments yesterday, and then I looked at Solskjaer's comments. Uh, I can't, I'm forgetting the journalist it was with now. But he said something, he, Solskjaer did mention specifically something's got to give. Um, so I think he's identifying he's got too many attacking players on that pitch. And I think if he's going to sacrifice one, I think it's going to be Paul Pogba. Don't be surprised if the Frenchman's not starting midweek time. I'm telling you, I don't think Pogba will start. I think he'll be the one he sacrifices. God, those are all kicking their guts. I forgot we've got to deal with another game. We've got two tough games coming up. I'm not looking for, Usually I look forward to United playing, but now definitely not in that mood. But we'll just come in as comments before we wrap up. Maybe just one or two more points. Uh, Rob saying, um, sorry, Ryan saying, I'd just love to see Oli on the touchline bark in order to give him players a piece of his mind would be refreshing to see, which I completely agree. But I think Solskjaer, which we've alluded to, maybe is a sign of weakness. He's second-guessing everything. Every press conference he's thinking, okay, I want to say this, but how will that be reported? So I'll say this instead. And he's sort of muddling himself up. The same thing's happening now. Should I go on bark instructions? Well, I'm going to get criticised for sort of overcoaching or should I sit down and be criticised for not coaching enough? But... Um, just one more here. Would any other club have Carrick and McKenna? Which I've just seen another comment here. So Carrick and McKenna and Josh also saying, what do you think of the quality of the backroom staff? I think it's hard. Ultimately, you look at the results and our performances and you have to sort of say, well, the players aren't improving. So you do have to look at the coaching 100%. I agree. However, I'm not on the training ground. I don't see what they're saying. They might be giving fantastic instruction and it's on the players that aren't executing it. Now, ultimately, it's a results-based business. You do have to then point to the coaches. It's like if your employees aren't working, you look at the boss. Well, the boss is doing something wrong. So just your thoughts on the current sort of situation around the backroom stuff? At the end of the day, that coaching staff work together and United's playing poor. When they play well, you, you coach all of the coaching staff. When they play poorly, all of the coaching staff take the blame. It's a team effort. Solskjaer's not the one drawing up the tactics, running the training sessions. He's not doing it all. So... I think they take an equal amount of blame there. Uh, Tom, you know who might be a good shout who we haven't discussed? 
You want to talk about a tactician who understands Manchester United, yet doesn't have it there as a Premier League manager. But if you need someone as a caretaker, who we know tactically is there, Reen Mullenstein's free. And I don't think that that would be a shocking... Well, the, the, this talk he's coming back just anyway, as a coach. I'm not sure if it hasn't definitely oh, been right? confirmed. But, but, but he has been sort of spoken about now. I don't know in what role. In terms of my feelings, got a new contract, Carrick, McKenna, etc. I'm not sure if he's coming to replace someone or coming in as a new role. Or even if he is coming back to United, I have no confirmation of that at all. But his name was sort of mentioned that he was on his way back. I'm not sure what his current situation is um, in Australia. But that's an interesting share. I just don't like, which I completely agree with your points in regards to, okay, if we need a quick fix now, that well, that maybe that's a sort of situation for a caretaker. I just don't, in my opinion, I, yeah, I can see that, but I don't want to see a caretaker now. I want to see a bold decision. And it's going to be a risk, as I said, even if it's, if it's Antonio Conte, who I don't want. Antonio Conte comes in. He holds up a scarf in his first press conference. I'm going to fall in love with him. I'm going to go get a bloody Italian passport. I'm going to absolutely fall in love with the guy. But at the moment, uh, I just don't see how that works. So the, the club does need to take a risk. But the risk for me is huge now because we took a risk with David Moyes. Didn't work. Van Hal didn't work. Jose Mourinho looked like it was going to work, but ultimately took the club back years and years and years. Solskjaer was a huge risk. It looked like it was going to work, and then almost the same as Jose Mourinho. I don't think Solskjaer has taken us back years, which which Mourinho did, but Mourinho took us back years with trophies. Solskjaer has taken us sort of sort of flatline and sort of not up or down, but with no trophies. So the club is in better wanna... shape, and I think that's the biggest praise you can give Solskjaer. Oh, no, I think that's the that's, that's not up for debate. I think, and look, most of every chat in here, actually, to be fair to or everyone in the um, live chat, has been sensible in regards to okay, everyone agrees, Solskjaer needs to go, but it's not no one's screaming Ollie in, Ollie out, sort of, or no one's screaming Ollie in at the moment, but no one's sort of shouting Ollie out abuse sort of thing. But is there anything else you want to discuss before we sort of wrap up? And I'll go grab another seven beers sort of thing before we have to prepare ourselves for Atalanta. I think he's got his, I think his last chance comes Wednesday. I think if he loses or even gets a draw, I think he's in trouble. But if he manages to pull out a big result midweek and then he can get a positive result against Liverpool, this conversation is almost redundant because he can turn it around, Tom. He can. There is still time for him to do that. I have my doubts, uh, but I think it starts with a big statement on Wednesday. And when I say a big statement, he needs to do something with that lineup. It's just not working. It's not balanced. So I'm really interested to see how does he, how does Oli and the coaching staff approach it now? Um, and, and they need to pull in the reins a bit. Fred and McTominay aren't the solution, but clearly Pogba and Matic aren't either. So what he does there will be really interesting to see. But, but how do you see it? And look, I completely agree. But he, last week, a couple of days ago, we will say Matic and Pogba were the answer. Let's play Matic and Pogba. And now a couple of days later, which I completely agree with, I'm sitting here saying, well, it's not the answer. So we're here Pogba's criticizing the problem, whole show. Sorry? Pogba's the problem. It's Pogba. I'm sorry. I love the bloke. He's he's a magnificent talent. I've said it so many times on here, and I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. And I think if you got a number six who fixes the solution, sure, you could have Pogba there. But for what we have, Pogba's the one who you got to sacrifice. Yeah. No, look, it's hard to argue. Um, first of all, and I know Larry sort of echoes my thoughts as well. A big thank you to everyone in the live chat. Again, apologies for not getting to all of them. There are a lot of comments flying in today, but I'm not a computer. So um, I do need a little bit of practice on dealing with all those, but we truly appreciate not just the comments and difference of opinions, but the respect, because I think so many channels are all out and get him out of the job, sort of this shouting and raving sort of thing. I think, okay, that's a valid opinion, which we all share, but you do need, do need to sort of show all the respect, which everyone has done in the live chat, which is very good to see. Um, yeah, tough week, Larry, but you mentioned Atalanta. He's got Wednesday to prove himself. I don't think that's the case. I think it comes down to Liverpool. 
Uh, I think, look, look, the Old Trafford faithful will stick behind Solskjaer, and rightly so, that they, they're stuck behind Mourinho, they're stuck behind Van Hal, even though they wanted them out. They will show support. I don't know how that plays if... Look, it's going to be a tough game. Liverpool, United, the form goes out the window. However, you wouldn't be shocked if Liverpool go score five against United. And if that happens, if Liverpool go hit five past United at Old Trafford, well, that changes things. That, like, it doesn't change the overall thing, but that changes the immediate actions of the club. Of course it does. Tom, uh, look, obviously we'll do our preview. I want to ask you one final question because clearly people, I'm not being agreed with in the comments there. I personally, I would be dropping Pogba. It's it's clear it's a Pogba or it's Bruno. I think it's clear now. You can't have both of them in the in the side. So if what, you had what a combination, what combination haven't we played? Well, I know we played McTominay and Van der Beek at some stage. They actually won in the FA Cup. But is there a combination we haven't played? Is a management threat of what they played together? Is Pogba and is Pogba and Van der Beek played together? Would that, would that be? Interesting? I don't think. I don't sure. know if they have. I don't think they have. Um, someone let us know. Get in a Twitter or Facebook sort of thing. Let us know if there's a combination. Maybe it's Phil Jones. When Phil Jones comes back, he can be the. Maybe Phil Jones midfielder. should be the number six. Maybe that's been the solution all along. He played there against Real Madrid, killed it. So. <laughs> yeah, but um, again, thank you everyone in the live chat. Again, apologies if we didn't get to your comments, but we truly appreciate all the different opinions, Larry. Good to dissect that a little bit. Um, if you did enjoy the video and feel a little bit, not that you're going to feel better, but if you feel a little bit better, um, please like the video. And if you're not subscribed. Please subscribe. I'll be very much appreciated. Larry, always good to chat. Um, until Atalanta, maybe another night or tomorrow night we'll chat and see where we stand. Yeah, mate. Pleasure as always. Catch you then.